This is the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Hurley. Independent news commentary with a California perspective. Featuring newsmakers, thought leaders, and authors. Season 9, Episode 13. Did Critical Race Theory Trigger a School Expulsion? In conversation with Sam Stanton, reporter at the Sacramento Bee. Critical Race Theory is an academic concept that's been around for more than 40 years. The core idea is that race is a social construct and that racism is not merely the product of individual bias or prejudice, but that it's embedded in legal systems and policies. Critics argue that the theory leads to negative dynamics, such as a focus on group identity over universal shared traits. And nowhere is that controversy more stark than in the classroom. Sam Stanton is a reporter with the Sacramento Bee and recently covered a story about a young teenager who was expelled from Jesuit High School in Sacramento, ostensibly based on an interpretation of critical race theory. Joining us today from his office in Sacramento to discuss his story is Sam Stanton with the Sacramento Bee. Hello, Sam, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Sam, before we launch into your story, can you share with our listeners a little bit about your background and your biography? Sure. I've been at the uh, B for 30 years now, covering crime, courts, breaking news, investigations, just about anything you can imagine. And prior to that, I worked in the Washington Bureau for the Arizona Republic and in the Capitol Bureau for the Republic in Phoenix before the D.C. stint. So I've been around for a while. Okay, very good. Very long and distinguished career as a journalist. Congratulations. Well, Sam, tell us about your story that you covered on Jesuit High School and take it away. Well, this involves a lawsuit that was filed last week in federal court. It's a uh, civil rights lawsuit filed on behalf of a uh, 17-year-old junior at Jesuit, which is an all-boys Catholic school here in Sacramento. It's very elite uh, institution. Most of the movers and shakers in Sacramento try to send their sons there. You know, it's a pathway to college for most of the students. And this young man, he's not named in the lawsuit, but he's described as a uh, Latino student with attention deficit syndrome who had been studying there through an accommodation plan. And he apparently had been doing fine until last June, in the wake of the George Floyd murder, Mm -hmm. there were all these protests everywhere, as you know, and there were numerous protests here in Sacramento that sometimes became violent. So in June of last year, students got together and drafted a letter Mm -hmm. for the school suggesting the teaching of critical race theory. And there's some suggestion in the lawsuit that uh, some teachers may have helped them draft this. But the long and short of it is the letter was read in classes and handed out to uh, students, and students were asked to sign the letter to show support for critical race teaching. When this young man, whose initials are AP, was asked what he thought of the letter and the concept in class, he replied that it was, quote, retarded, end quote. Uh And so that apparently was his first misstep. He was told to watch his language, and the lawsuit says it was just a 
a slang term that he wasn't meaning to defame anyone. Yes. And, but this letter sparked all kinds of debate among the Jesuit com- community, the alumni, the parents, you know, people in the community. And so there was all this discussion of it. Several months later in the spring, AP apparently was at some kind of athletic event with friends and other students and was accused of using the N-word, also using a homosexual slur against one of his friends. He denied using the uh, racial slur. He admitted that he had used the gay term, but that he meant it as a joke. And so this led to him being summoned before a panel of Jesuit administrators via Zoom. The long and short of it is that, according to the suit, one of the administrators called him a racist, a sinner, and the next thing he knows, he's being told he can no longer attend Jesuit. And one of the claims in the lawsuit is that he was treated differently than another student, an African-American student following the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol had posted some inflammatory statements on Instagram. But according to the lawsuit, that student was allowed to graduate and continue his uh, athletic career at the school while he was there. They're saying in the lawsuit that AP was singled out because of his objection to critical race theory. I see. And is there, at this point, the the suit has been filed, so the early days... Has the has the school taken any public position on the on the suit and the the merits thereof? They have not. It was filed last week while everyone at the school basically was out of town. And so the spokeswoman couldn't get a comment from me. There's been no reply filed in court yet. And so we're just kind of hanging. There's been discussion of this Twitter, as you might imagine. And, you know, I mean, the thing about critical race theory is there are two views of it, obviously. You know, one is the way you described it, and the other is the way former President Trump described it last week at his rally in Phoenix where he called it flagrant racism. Mm -hmm. And the furor over critical race theory that's sweeping the country right now really stems from what the Trump administration did last September when they issued an order saying they wouldn't fund the teaching of the theory for any federal employees. And since then, you've had state after state pass legislation banning the teaching of this in various schools. In fact, I just saw a story today in Education Week saying that Tennessee is considering penalties of up to $5 million if teachers intentionally really? violate their ban on, on teaching this. So it's, it's a hot button topic, obviously. Before we came on the air, as part of my research, I read that there are now some 30 states that have legislated against critical race theory. To your point that with what Tennessee is doing, there are 29 other states that have actually legislated against the teaching of critical race theory. Where And of course, here in California, we have not or Sacramento has not yet taken a stance there. And that's why I found your story so interesting because, of course, Sacramento is the capital. The Jesuit High School is located there in Sacramento. This story kind of brings to the fore this issue of critical race theory right in the the state capital of California, and we're in the middle of a recall election. Do you think there there are potential for 
political repercussions of this case here in California? I don't know that it would affect anything having to do with the recall, but I can tell you that, you know, this is not isolated. There was a huge debate in San Luis Obispo over the teaching of this theory. People were crowding into the school board meetings down there, and I know that because that's one of the McClatchy newspapers. So I see that uh, that coverage, and I'm sure it must be happening in other communities as well, probably in some of the more uh, conservative ones. Uh, although I don't, you know, I don't have any kind of breakdown on where this is taught and where it's not taught. Well, it's interesting there. It, it seems as though certainly private schools here in San Francisco have been teaching this, discussing it. I've talked to parents who've been concerned about the, the teaching of this theory, particularly for particularly among young boys. There's a sense that young boys are almost being browbeaten with this theory. So a, a concern on the part of parents that this goes beyond the, or the theory goes beyond the merits of past racism and so on and so forth. It seems to be used in some cases to, to browbeat young boys who are not children of color. Well, the interesting thing about that is that in this case, at least, according to the lawsuit, this bubbled up from the students themselves. They saw the protests that were erupting over the Floyd murder and took it upon themselves to press the administration to begin teaching this. Well, you know, that's interesting because the, in the tradition of Jesuit education, I'm not a product of Jesuit education myself, but I'm very familiar with, with their philosophy. They do teach critical thinking. So it doesn't surprise me that as a result of a Jesuit education, that the boys at Jesuit high school would have would have taken it upon themselves to push this letter forward and to take a stance on an issue, or certainly some of the boys would have done. And that that'd be consistent, I think, with with the teachings of teachings of the Jesuits and the Jesuit philosophy of education to be to be critical, challenging. Always based, always based on fact, where, where possible. And it would also probably be a product of the fact that a lot of the students who get into Jesuit are high-achieving students who have a lot of initiative and a lot of thoughts about the way things should be. Now, you know, it's interesting, the, the concept of critical race theory, again, it has its supporters, it has its detractors. One of the concerns that I've, that I've read is that potentially... The critical race theory is undermining of the rule of law. That is one charge that I've read. I've also read that a number of a number of adherents to this theory are focused more on storytelling as their as reasons for supporting the theory as opposed to hard, cold, factual academic research. Is that uh, something that you're familiar with? Is that does well, that true? I'm hardly an expert in it, but I think the whole concept of it is that there are aspects of race in our society and in our institutions that you can't document through statistics that, mm -hmm. you know, it's baked in. At least that's the way I understand it. And it, you know, this whole thing began in the 1970s, not really in educational circles, but in legal circles, expanded into universities and now obviously into high schools. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the challenges also that I've read is that the, the concept of a colorblind society is, while we all subscribe to that, critical race theory seems to hold that 
the laws that are supposedly colorblind when they're actually enforced and on the books are anything but colorblind, which in turn has given rise to critical race theory and the concept of inherent bias. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this student you know, is alleging that he was singled out because of his opposition to it. You know, it's interesting. He's a Tino kid who's, according to the suit, being stigmatized as a racist now because of uh, the way he responded to this. You know, it's it's a fraught situation. If you look on Twitter at the responses to this story, you will see all kinds of fascinating takes on um, this lawsuit. Could you give us some examples? I, I didn't have a chance to look at the Twitter comments on the lawsuit. Any examples well, that stand out? I'm looking at one saying that this story is clickbait, that all private schools have codes of conduct, and the kid was using slurs at school function. It has nothing to do with critical race theory. Here's another one that says calling out racism is not the same as espousing critical race theory, things of that nature. Well, of course, Twitter, you can say whatever you want to say on Twitter. Twitter, Twitter is not the real world, Twitter, as many people say. It, it is not. It is not. And of course, there are no moderators. You can say whatever you want to say. You know, it's interesting in, in the, the, the concept of critical race theory, you know, as we look back over the fraught relations in this country and you look back over 250 years of slavery plus 100 years of Jim Crow, and then we've had some 60-some years of uh, Brown versus Board of Education that uh, separate but equal is not equal. You know, again, looking at that history, I can, I can understand how critical race theory has had fertile ground to grow over the years. And the, you know, the concept of inherent bias, which we often hear about in police departments, is, is one that also seems to stem from this, the concept of critical race theory. Yeah, and you see law enforcement departments all over the country right now trying to address that through various training techniques, trying to have de-escalation rather than ending up with somebody getting shot or with a knee on the back of your neck. Mm-hmm. Now, just coming back to the student here at Jesuit High, the young man by the by the initials of AP. In your article, it said that he was he was actually subjected to a one hour plus interview or hearing, I guess, via Zoom. That seemed that seemed to be rather extreme, did it not? Well, the the um, lawsuit certainly portrays it that way. They the lawyer claims in the suit that this went on nonstop for an hour and 20 minutes, that there were uh, three school administrators, and then eventually the boy uh, was reduced to tears. And it supposedly ended with one of the administrators staring into the camera and yelling, your sin is racism, you are a racist and a bigot. That administrator supposedly brought up the letter that had started the entire debate at Jesuit and said the parents are all talking about this. And the next thing he knows, he's being told he can't return to school. So at so at this point, are the at Jesuit High School, are the parents essentially separating into two camps here? One camp in favor of the letter and critical race theory, and another part party opposed to it? I haven't heard from any of them directly. The lawsuit certainly portrays it as 
being that way since last June when this first came up. And so I'm sure the lawsuit is sparking conversations in the Jesuit community, but there's no school going on right now, I don't believe. And so that's probably helped keep it a little cooler than it well would have been. So it was proposed that the theory be taught or that the theory be incorporated into all of the curriculum? What was what was the actual proposal? Well, the letter itself called for fundamental changes in the school's curriculum, mm-hmm. policies and culture, and asked that it included the teaching of critical race theory. So, you know, I, I don't know what that means in terms of what they specifically want the school to do. I, you know, I, I was not ever taught critical race theory when I was in school and, you know, I had no experience with it growing up because I'm far too old, I guess. Um, <laughs> but it's obviously it sparked debate that has spiraled into this lawsuit. I guess we'll, I guess we will see when school resumes at the end of August and how the Jesuits and the administration at Jesuit High pick up on this theory and, and try to try to accede to the students' demands. So in the remaining few moments that we have on our podcast, Sam, are there any other thoughts that you'd like to leave with our with our listeners? Because this is a uh, critical race theory is a fraught issue. As we said, there are some 30 states that are banning the teaching of critical race theory. Are there any closing thoughts that you have for our listeners to put this into a broader perspective of race relations and race relations history in the United States? Well, I think the parents just need to be keeping an eye on on what's being taught, you know, whether they support it or not, because it's going to be a political issue nationwide, obviously. The former president still bringing it up, states all across the country taking a look at it and school boards being bombarded over it. So it would be good for people to educate themselves about what it is and then decide whether or not they support it. And, and with that, I'd like to thank our guest, Sam Stanton of the Sacramento Bee for joining us today. And I'm sure, Sam, as the as this story continues to unfold at Jesuit High School and other high schools in the Sacramento area, I assume you'll continue to be following it, right? Yeah, yeah. As soon as, uh, as, soon as there's something new in it or if we get more activity in front of school boards, I'm sure the Bee will be following it. Okay. Well, once again, Sam, I'd like to thank you very much for being our guest and joining us today and keeping us informed as regards how Sacramento, one of our one of the principal cities of California, and a, an institution like uh, Jesuit High School is dealing with, with this critical race theory. And for my listeners, please take a moment to visit our website, www.thesanfranciscoexperiencepodcast.com, to subscribe. It's free to do so. And by subscribing, all future episodes will come directly to your inbox. You can also listen to all 170 past episodes. You can read my book, peruse my blog, send me an email, or make a comment. This has been the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Herlihy, reporting to you from America's favorite city, San Francisco.